the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Here we are. First time in history. Speaker of the House voted out. So where do we go from here? This is effectively going to send the House into a state of chaos, unlike, you know, anything we've ever quite seen before. All right, so Kevin McCarthy has been removed. He has vacated his seat. Republicans effectively joined with Democrats because, you know, politics makes strange bedfellows on this one to force McCarthy to relinquish his post. And now we, as I said, are in a greater state of chaos than perhaps we even thought was possible. Look, this doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for the United States. There's there's absolutely no precedent for this because it's never happened before. You know, you wonder why the fall of Rome was trending. <laughs> so frequently over the last couple of weeks on social media. I mean, this is really something else. You you recall, of course, that the reason this became an issue, the reason Matt Gaetz was going after Kevin McCarthy was, well, because they didn't like what he was doing with the budget. And they felt that he should just push it and push it and push it and push it and be willing to risk that shutdown. He, on the other hand, said, no, like, I don't think that that's the way that we should be going. I don't want a shutdown. I think we should try to keep the government open. I mean, let's try and keep our government open. Not, not you know, as the Democrats wanted to do, just worry about Ukraine. Um, and so it seemed like he had gotten kind of a compromise, right? He kept the government open. He stopped the funding to Ukraine and said, all right, we'll visit it again in another month. But that was not enough, and push came to shove, and here we are in a historic moment in time, ladies and gentlemen, and not something that I think anybody should really be proud of. And I say this as someone who wants to see conservatives getting conservative policies through, because let's face it, if the conservatives do not succeed in 2024 or even in the next several months, guess what? Your taxes are going up. You're going to have bigger border problems. Education is going to continue to suffer, and we're going to spend more money on Ukraine, right? Like, there's actually some pretty important things that are at stake at this moment in time. We heard earlier from Kevin McCarthy, who had this to say. I'll share it with you. Are you ruling out any sort of power-sharing agreement with Democrats or any sort of yeah, that, with Democrats? That doesn't work. Look, I, I, I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. They want to get things done. Um, look, I, I know we live in uh, our government's designed to have compromise. But look, we're in the majority. You, you don't surrender. Do you work with the other side? Yeah, and that's what I've done. I mean, from the day I came in, I've always said I'm going to treat Hakeem the way I wanted to be treated. And I think you, you've seen that. 
Everything doesn't have to be political. And I firmly believe when you look at history, and I, I, when I talk to the other speakers like a Boehner or uh, Paul Ryan, the first thing when they would meet, Nancy Pelosi would come, and she would simply say to him, if anyone ever did that motion, we would stand with you. Not because of you and not because we agree politically, simply because of the institution needs to be able to stand on its own. First thing she did when she became speaker was she removed that. And you know what? It gave me the power to make that motion on her. I had a lot of Republicans that wanted me to do it. I never did it. Did Nancy and I get along? No, we, we really don't get along. But I thought the institution was too important, and I thought that was too personal. But you know, at the end of the day, keeping government open and paying our troops was the right decision. I stand by that decision. And at the end of the day, if I have to lose my job over it, so be it. But I'm going to fight for the American public, and I'll continue to fight. Thank you all very much. And indeed, he lost his job over it. You know, where was Nancy? Oh, Nancy didn't even bother to show up for this vote. So even though she had told him, oh, believe me, I'll be there for you, I'll be there for you. Now she wasn't there for you. And the Democrats and the Republicans together managed to get Kevin McCarthy out. So what does this actually mean for the future? As I've said, totally unprecedented. And I know, look, I get it, guys. Like, Kevin McCarthy, he was no panacea. But what's next, right? Like, what are we going to get a Democrat Speaker of the House, for goodness sakes? Like, is this some kind of twisted move here? Look, here's who's maybe up for the job. I mean, they're talking about Majority Leader um, Steve Scalise, possibly, or you could have uh, the Tom Emmer, I mean, out of Minnesota. But they're going to face the same demands, of course, as Matt from Matt Gates, who, along with his allies, is basically saying, do not cut any, any deals with the Democrats. And um, the problem with that, let me, let me just be a realist, okay? Like, like, let's just cut the facade. The problem with this is that you got too many darn lawyers on Capitol Hill. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Who don't understand how to negotiate and get things done because in a negotiation people don't get everything that they want but somebody gets something somebody else gets something and you know you kind of work it out this is what people in business understand this is why when you looked at the policies and some of the ways at which donald trump approached things i actually thought He had a good approach and some good policies. And he was able to get stuff done. And sometimes it wasn't perfect, 
but it was enough and it worked. And unfortunately, we're now going to be in a situation where these Democrats are going to wind up having a whole lot more say than we really want them to have, right? Like that's the, look, the party split. I get it. The party split. But let me just say this. Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. And if we want Donald Trump to win, there's got to be some kind of unification here. You can't have everyone running around, stomping their feet, doing this, that, or the other, right? You've got to have a united joint effort to ensure that our elections are fair and free and that we, we have some kind of consensus that will back him. He is going to be the nominee. So whether you like it or not, and I realize there's some Republicans that don't like Donald Trump, but, but here's your choice, guys. It's Donald Trump or it's Joe Biden. Now, we've been living with Joe Biden, and it's not going so well, right? You got major inflation, apples to apples. It's still up 16% since he came into office. You got a massive border problem that's clearly unstoppable. You're spending more money per year, per year in Ukraine than you spent per year 20 years in Afghanistan. So what happens next? Like I said, we don't want a Democrat in charge. I mean, you had the Democrats voting with the Republicans on this. We do have an interim leader of the House right now that has been named. It would be coming to us. Live, Representative Patrick McHenry of North Carolina. He has been named as acting speaker after Kevin McCarthy was ousted in the Republican vote. Jeffries has been talked about, Hakeem Jeffries. Um, there's also the gentleman, the congressman from Florida, from Naples, who's, who's very talented, very smart. He's been on this program. And uh, what I like about him is he has a business background. He was an investor by background as opposed to all these lawyers. Anyway, like, look, I, I'm just a realist. You know, I, I, I didn't love Kevin McCarthy, but I also don't love where we're going right now. And I, I need everybody, right, to be on the same page if we're going to be successful in 2024. And by the way, not just in 2024, like now. We need to be successful now because there's a lot at stake I'm just questioning, what is next? Like, do you throw it all away? Again, with no precedent to deal with this? And you get the Democrats? The Democrats basically cheering this along? I mean, Nancy Pelosi, like, she's thrilled, right? Absolutely thrilled. Biden is thrilled. You think, could it really get this far? I got to tell you, I didn't think it would get this far. Somebody was asking me over the weekend, Trish, do you really think that McCarthy could be gone? And I'm like, no, 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 because, you know, people are sensible. They'll pull together. You're not going to, part of this is a charade. Part of it's like, let's see how many sound bites we can get on TikTok or Twitter or whatever. I don't think that they'll really do something that would, would put us into a state that could potentially be compromising. Oh, boy, I was wrong. I was wrong because now um, we're in this really uncharted territory. So again, we do have an interim speaker, um, but the reality is, is Kevin McCarthy was not able to make a last minute deal to retain 
the gavel. He is now going down in history as the first speaker to be ousted from the job. And uh, he's 58 years old. This was all about trying to navigate this very treacherous um, shutdown issue. I mean, you had the default earlier in the year. We we avoided that. And by the way, guys, we should, okay? Like, don't sit there and tell me you're like, okay, with the U.S. defaulting on debt. You know what would happen? Interest rates would, I mean, if you think they're going up now, they would go sky high. Because you see, then we would really be a banana republic, right? Then we really would be a credit risk. We're not going to be a credit risk. Why would you ever want to be a credit risk? You ought to know that when you put your money in the U.S. Treasury, you're going to get it back with interest, period. End of story. Full stop, right? That is what makes us the place that everybody still keeps coming back to. When the chips are down, everybody comes back to the U.S. I I love it. You know, Biden's like, oh, you know, our situation is better than anyone else. You know, everybody's still flocking here. Well, yeah, duh. It's not because of you, buddy. It's because we actually do pay our bills and not every other country does. It was a 216 to 210 vote. And so what this is now doing is really showcasing, if you would, this total dysfunction in Washington, D.C. Representative Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, he has been named the interim speaker. He had been the the chairman of the Financial Services Committee. He had previously said no interest in the job. You know, that's what they all say. They were not interested in the job. I guess Jeffries was the only one. Um, But there's really at this point, there's like no obvious successor. I mean, I don't think it's Gates. You know, he, he people said, oh, you know, how about Gates for, for speaker? Well, first of all, he doesn't seem to want it either. And second of all, I, I don't think he would get the support from all the Republicans, especially after this. So we are now in a very delicate kind of position. We have um, a deadline of November 17th that is fast approaching. So we've got sort of this extension to try and deal with the the money that we need to to pay out, right, to to pay our bills. So we have a little bit of time between now and November 17th. And if we go into a shutdown, it, it would have economic consequences. Now, how severe those consequences would be, we don't entirely know. I would, I would point to, let's see, back in 2013, I remember. I feel like I do this story every year, guys. Like, we're always on the verge of a shutdown. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. I think the first one was back in 81 with Reagan when he vetoed a spending bill. So back in 2013, that might have been one of the more significant ones because we did lose about $24 billion for our economy in GDP. You know, look, you can often gain it back because people are paid those wages, albeit in arrears, so you get them after the fact. But if you're a government employee that doesn't get paid in the interim, that doesn't have a job, well, it can be tough, right? Because you know, people are living very much on a week-to-week basis because in Joe Biden's economy, inflation is so high. So I, you know, I see a lot of you. I know you don't like Kevin. I mean, I don't know either. You know, he's not a man of his word. I'll tell you, he's all over the place. Like he'd say one thing and then do another. And he he didn't move quickly on the impeachment inquiry as he should have. I mean, that to me is a no brainer. And it's not like I was out there from the beginning saying, I'm not like, that's not me, right? I, I'm Maxine Waters, impeach, impeach, impeach. And the whole squad, right? As soon as 
as soon as Trump was in there, that was all they wanted to do. I look at these cases on a very individualized basis. And the more information I have gotten in, thanks in part, by the way, to Comer and the excellent job that the House Accountability Group has been doing, the committee, to get all this information, we've learned of all the messed up stuff, really, 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 really messed up stuff that Hunter was doing. I believe very strongly McCarthy should have worked much harder to bring all of that to light. And, and I'm not entirely sure why that wasn't happening. So Matt Gates was mad because, you know, they, they had this last minute vote where they decided, okay, we'll keep things open until November 15th. And he's like, oh, you're working with the Democrats. You're working with the Democrats. And McCarthy said, no, I'm not actually. And we're not having any funding going to Ukraine. That is something that we're just going to punt on, but you know, it wasn't enough. And so now we got this motion to, vote on him being out and he's out. All that said, I mean, I guess it harkens back to where we were before, because remember when he became Speaker of the House, how many votes did it take, guys? 13, 14, 15, right? Bingo, 15 votes to get him through as Speaker of the House. So we need a new solution. Let's move on. Again, the realist in me wants to make sure that we pay our bills, that we keep our government open, we get what we want, but we're reasonable, okay? We, we need to be reasonable because this is our country that we're talking about. Now, Hakeem Jeffries, um, he, he says, House Democrats remain willing to find common ground on an enlightened path forward. What the heck? Are we going to have him as speaker? I mean, is that is that where we're heading? We need to think outside the box. We need somebody smart. We need somebody who can bring Republicans together and, by the way, do what needs to be done to snuff out any kind of potential corruption that exists, right? I mean, and so we need the next Speaker of the House to be someone who's going to fight for us, who's going to be realistic, who can add and knows that one plus one is two, right? (laughs) Can can we get anybody that can do math? Like that would be refreshing. So um, I I agree with you on, on Byron Dahl's the person that recommended him. He, he would certainly be very interesting, very interesting. And, you know, perhaps there are others, but uh, I don't want to see a Democrat in there. I mean, is that, I I can't imagine that would happen. But you see, we're in a state of chaos right now that we really shouldn't be in. And this is why, this is why, interestingly enough, I think the fall of Rome started trending recently. And you say, why? Like, do you think about the fall of the Roman Empire a lot? I've told you before, guys, I do. I I do because, (laughs) you know, I, I actually... I sit in my spare time and think about these weird things like, you know, tax policy and budgets and how much money we're spending. And and I worry that the U.S. is on a very, very, very bad trajectory and there's no willingness from anyone to stop it, right? Because you look at the Democrat Party, which used to be the anti-war party, but now suddenly all these, these, these politicians are getting lots and lots of money 
from a lot of these companies, right? The lobbying money that goes into fortifying their campaigns. And so they're also trying to help the companies that help them. And they're simultaneously trying to keep jobs in their communities. So, you know, if Lockheed has a plant somewhere, well, they want all those people to be doing well. They're at Lockheed, et cetera. So there's so many sort of perverse interests. So we have way too much money that we're spending on military expeditions around the world that we really can't afford. And what would be smart is to be more judicious and thoughtful about it, right? Because the next military battle is not going to be fought like we're seeing in Ukraine. It's going to be fought in a very different way, in a very sort of cyber way. So whether or not we're up on our cybersecurity, I don't have a good feeling about it. I don't think we're, we're doing what we need to do. All we're doing is spending money to spend money, which is why you got to think about inflation in the future. You just do. I think it's 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 going to continue to hit us. And even best case scenario, they're looking at, you know, two and a half percent. They want two percent. That's what the Fed is shooting for. I'm telling you, over time, that deteriorates the value of your dollar, my dollar. So all of a sudden, everything becomes more expensive. Now, do wages keep up with it? Mm-mm. No, which is why the standard of living gets sacrificed. Now, you have to have two people working in a family in order to enjoy some of the same benefits and standard of living that you would have had, say, back in the 1950s. So that's what inflation does. It erodes everything away. I showed some of you this recently. So for those of you that have seen it, this whole TikTok Roman Empire thing's been going on on social media, and and a lot of women are saying to their husbands, do you ever think about this? And and this particular wife got got quite an earful, but I love it because he's so spot on. Listen. Do you ever think about the Roman Empire? All the time. Why? We we thinking about it? Well, because we're in those times right now. Everybody's preoccupied with sports, movies, work. You know. What was he said about bread? Well, all right. The common people. Roman Empire said that everybody was equal. Everybody had a chance. Uh-huh. But it wasn't. The rich got richer and the poor got poor. And they worried constantly about people rioting. Uh huh. Because they knew that the common man, the common people, uh-huh. could take over at any time. So they would bring them into the Colosseums, and they would give them free grain. They would give them bread. They would give them wine, whatever they needed, to fill their bellies and block their minds from what they were angry about. They would watch plays. They would watch fights with the gladiators, sometimes for months on end. Huh. And that's where we're at right now. And I think about it all the time because so many people are preoccupied with their favorite football team, their favorite actor, actress, singer, and they they just don't even think about what's being taken away from them. As long as their bellies are full and they're happy with what's going on, they just let it continue. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it's, he's right. He's He's right. Let's talk again about some of the potential replacements right now for Kevin McCarthy. And I'm going to just say it. We need to win, folks. We need to win. Okay, so here's the list. We can talk about all of them. Steve Scalise, who you know, of course, um, he's uh, in the running. He said in the past he he doesn't want it, but he's up there. I think he's got some popular appeal. Uh, Tom Emmer. 
is another one uh, that is being talked about. He's the House Republican whip, and he um, has been talked about in the past. Uh, possibly he could capture Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, he's head of the House Judiciary Committee. He is, of course, um, somebody who's been right out in front of this entire impeachment inquiry. He might be very interesting. That would be one to watch, Jim Jordan. I mentioned Byron Donalds. I, I like the guy because he's smart. By the way, Jim Jordan was an economics major. A lot of people don't know that. He was an economics major. I'm telling you guys, we need people who understand the economy, who understand markets, who, who have a clue. So Jim Jordan, economics major, Byron Donalds, who again was a former financial advisor and understands the economy. He's another good one to watch for. There's Patrick McHenry, um, the possible, he's chair of the House Financial Services Committee. He is now the interim House Speaker. And then uh, some of you are wondering about Donald Trump. Um, so that would be interesting, right? I think Gates voted for Trump during all those rounds and the multiple rounds that we had back in January. It took 15 rounds, as I said, to get McCarthy confirmed as House Speaker. Well, um, historically, the House has always elected one of its own as Speaker. But the U.S. Constitution does not say that the job actually has to go to an elected member. Ha ha. All right. Interesting. So given that there's no constitutional requirement that it must go to a member of the House, there are some Republicans that are floating this idea that it could be former President Donald Trump saying, you know, saying he might be able to be in that role. I, I think the only problem with that is, is he's going to be he's going to be the nominee. Right. And so if he takes on that, then it makes being the nominee harder. He is the front runner for 2024. And he's previously said, look, I'm not interested. I'm going to be your next president. Like he's got bigger aspirations than Speaker of the House. So I, I get that it's an entertaining thing to think about, but probably a non-starter. Hakeem Jeffries is the Democrat. So he is right now the House Minority Leader. And um, <laughs> stranger things have happened. We don't want that. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.